Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Caught Offside with Andrew Gundling and J.J. Devaney. Oh, yes. Caught Offside just outside of New York City from an apartment in Brooklyn, New York. Andrew Gundling and J.J. Devaney. What's up, brother? Andrew, we are going to talk about the Carabao Cup. We are going to talk about the Madrid Derby, which was obviously played in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. We are going to talk about Franz Beckenbauer. We're going to talk about a lot of things, but we are definitely going to make up for some things that we forgot to talk about. Um, this sounds like it will be the start of the Leeds United podcast. So, so let, let's get some. Let's get into some Leeds. Leeds United. Um, first of all, can we can we listen to and enjoy one of the great goals we've seen so far this season, Lord Bamford? Sir Patrick Lord Bamford with a worldly of a goal from the weekend that we did not discuss yet against Peterborough. Ampadu. Aiming for Bamford. Took it down nicely. Hit it well. Oh! That is sensational. Patrick Bamford with an absolute blockbuster of a goal. You will struggle to see a better strike than that in the FA Cup this season. How good was that? Incredible. Incredible goal. Have you seen, there's a, one of the camera angles in particular, I think from behind the far goal, the yes. opposite goal that it scored from, is, it makes it look even more majestic. Because you also can kind of, th- from that view, see like after it goes in, the, the limbs behind the goal in which it just occurred, it's, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, and you can see the extent of the away support that Leeds brought with them. And it's great at the FA Cup games that they allow more seats for the away supporters. So when the when the away end pops off, it's it's something special. Absolutely stunning goal um from Lord Bamford. Yeah, that's that's an amazing goal. 
to to be able to do that. Also, his look is inter- <laughs> like I I haven't really full disclosure. I mean, I just haven't really paid a ton of attention to leads. I guess since they've gone down, mm, so I haven't typical. really seen I haven't really seen Patrick Bamford, but he looks different now. Like he looks like you knew him, and he was kind of this like I don't know, not nerdy, but you know how he looked. Play the violin. Like, it's like he went to summer camp. And like got corrupted and now he's come back and he's like changed and he knows everything about like sex and curse words. And like yeah. you know, when you go to camp, when you're like in seventh grade. Yeah. Yeah. He he, he touched a girl right. for the first time. Um, he he looks he looks like he spent a summer with Justin Bieber. Yeah. Uh, just hanging out. Yeah, he's been like corrupted. <laughs> um, brilliant goal. Just the, the chest control, the turn, everything. Um, and the second leads related thing, and it's something I'm super excited about. And, and uh, it's our podcast, and I'm already promoting someone else's podcast. But what's, what's going on here? Jesse Marsh is putting himself out there, Andrew. Jesse Marsh is going to appear on Masterclass, which is the coach's voice on X, where he talks about a Masterclass game. Now, for Jesse Marsh, that can only be one of two games. Uh, one game is most unlikely. It's the MLS Red Wedding, the the 7-0. I doubt it's that game. Uh, I mean, uh, interesting. The win at Anfield is probably the one against Jurgen Klopp's uh, Liverpool from last season or the season before. Last season. So it's probably going to be that. Um, So Jesse Marsh is joining Simon Jordan. uh, And the tease is very, very interesting and very, very good. Um. So let's have a listen just to what, what Jesse, some of the topics Jesse's going to talk about. One topic in particular I've chosen. There's something in English culture about that sort of negative, edgy kind of cutting, like that, like that's the truth. And there's also a culture in this country, in England, of envy. They, 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 rather than admire that's people. That's sad. I think it's sad. And I think it's... And it's pathetic. The... Now, I know that's edited, but the way he goes, and pathetic... Is amazing to me. Yeah, he had been like he had been holding that back. Yeah, couldn't wait he, to unleash it. Just, just yeah. absolutely, Jesse Marsh. What did I say? The sunny Wisconsinite. Isn't he from Wisconsin? God, yeah, I, think, am I? I think so. Oh God, not is this another? Is this another? <laughs> Jesus, I, I'm pretty sure he is. Uh, but I, I, I remember just thinking how his sunny, always looking on the bright side of life, up. American coaching would transfer in England, and he 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 seems to be talking about that negative, uh, and 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 that envious condition that's in England, and I I can't wait to hear their conversation. I really me can't. too, because I I without hearing the rest of the context of that, I already kind of agree with him. Like I do think that it, no, honestly, from like listening to other podcasts with. English host like there is a cynicism yeah cynicism sarcasm um you know elitism like there and it's not across the board I've I've listened to plenty that are silly and ridiculous and like and sophomoric which is also hilarious to me um but I'm, I'll be curious to hear him expound on that on like the experience that he lived uh and when you think of some of the characters in English football um some of the like, you know, your your Neil Warnocks, uh, your Harry Redknapps, even, you know, Dower. Who else would be a good example of this? Um, 
you're kind of dour, like even back in the day, you're Jim Smith's just dour English, you know, cynical jokes, you know, even Jack Charlton, who who had a great personality, still very much kind of ensconced in negativity in many ways. Brian Clough, for being a great character, was still deeply, deeply negative um, and cynical. And I was thinking of a conversation I had the other day. And it's a, it's a friend of mine, Chris. He's from Ipswich. A great guy. Like, top, top fella. And uh, he's playing on a, on a team that I was involved with. And we were chatting there a couple of weeks ago. And he was talking about an American coach he was dealing with, right? And he goes, he goes, uh, you know, he'd ask us to do certain things. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. The coach had, you know, before a game, you know, that thing, hands in, one, two, three, and you say the name of the team, like one, two, sure. three, Falcons. <laughs> that. <laughs> that was basically his response to that. Like, there is something about that up. American sensibility that rubs English people the wrong way and gets them on the back foot straight away. That's not like English people can't be happy or jovial, but the, the, yeah, it's quite jarring. I can't, I can't wait for the conversation on that because yeah. I'm, and also I'm sat here and Marsh is clearly putting himself out there. The coach's voice, uh, Simon Jordan's podcast. He is getting back in the dating game. He's ready to be hurt again. He clearly wants to do that because I know you this just is started... what we. This is what we just said about Graham Potter, right? Yeah. Once we start to see him make, go through the circulation of of the shows, we'll know he's like he's listen he's ready. Jesse is putting on makeup again. He's wearing a push up bra, or in the case of a male. He's wearing, he's putting gel in his hair again. He's getting a nice sick fade and he's wearing a t-shirt that shows off his biceps, even though he doesn't have great biceps. He's going, he's getting out there again. He's going to the bars. He's going to the clubs. He needs a job. And I just want to hear if this, this podcast does any damage to his chances of getting one in England. Could be doubling down on the media route, wanting to show people that like, look, I'll say stuff. Like yeah. make me your number one analyst. I'll, I won't hold back. I will say things. Yeah, I won't play nice. Like you know, he could be going that. Could be going that way. So I checked in with a Leeds supporting friend of mine. I said, uh, I see Coach Marsh is talking again, and he goes, Yeah, yeah, he's got a podcast. And I said, What's it like? And he didn't have any complimentary things to say about that podcast. Well, I mean, that, even if it was great, I don't think I think Leeds supporters have made up their mind. But he had one line that he remembered uh, that Brendan Aronson according to Marsh, needs to be more of a son of a b- It's like mm-hmm. he's he's leaning into this stuff. Like, So I, I, and I'm sat here in, in, and I'm not sure if Marsh is a good coach or not yet for all his experience. And I, like I watched him closely at the Red Bulls. He did a good job in Salzburg. Leipzig, not so good. Leeds, not great. So I'm, I, I, he, he's endlessly fascinating to me as a character in and of himself. Forget his nationality, just as a as a person. So uh, Simon Jordan's podcast, Upfront podcast. So there you go. Wow, there you go. Uh, what a show we have coming up for you. Like JJ said, we'll do some Carabao Cup. There was a the Madrid Derby today in the Spanish Super Cup was it was an incredible game. We'll talk about that. Um, of course, a German soccer legend, Franz, Be- uh, Franz Beckenbauer, passes away at the age of 78. Uh, we'll reflect on that a little bit. Before we get into everything, I uh, wanted to remind everyone, and I hope I have your your clearance to do so, JJ, but we are now 
We're 10 days in to January. Is the store up and running? The the store, because I didn't mention it on the on the last podcast, and it made no sense uh, to not mention it. The store, whenever you're hearing this, so it'll be, what, Thursday morning, Thursday the 11th, the store will be open. It will okay. be open unto you, caughtoffsidepod.com. Um, and you can go and buy your, your merch there. And we will be adding to the merch. Amazing. On the website in hopefully the coming week. Oh, my God. So the T-shirts that were there before Christmas are now there. And uh, and then we'll be adding to it. And hopefully our international customers will have no problem ordering, although hopefully the shipping is not too off-putting. Adding what? To the, to the, we're, we're, we're going to, I told you, we're going to have a caught offside beanie. Okay. All right. I cannot have Americans who listen to our podcast walking around with frozen ears. I can't have it. I agree. I want them, I want them listening to the podcast and their ears tucked in with a caught offside beanie. That's, there's nothing wrong with that. No, I love that. I'll, I'll absolutely be purchasing one myself. Amazing. Caughtoffsidepod.com. It's so simple. So go there. Like we said, even if you have a, even if you have a shirt already, there's a lot of colors to choose from. Created with with these hands, mm-hmm. I'm holding my hands up. He made them. He knitted them. He has the uh, the machinery. He did my vi- my vision. My vision for this pod, right there. Let's get into it. There's a lot to talk my about. Vision. <laughs> there's uh, there's right. a lot to discuss. It's a, it's a f- beanie. It's not like as if I'm what's your man that invented the iPhone. Or told other people to invent it. Yeah, but he had the vision. Uh, let's get into it, JJ. Carabao Cup, first leg, semifinals. Liverpool-Fulham was earlier today from the time that we're recording this now, so we'll talk about that one first. Uh, Liverpool coming from behind, going down a goal, and then they fight back with goals in the 68th and 71st minutes to win the first leg 2-1 over a, a feisty Fulham side that played pretty well, had a few chances to have potentially added to their mm-hmm. lead, but couldn't quite take advantage of it. But boy, Bobby Decker Dover Reed, if he makes a pass to Pereira, who was going down the middle at one point, it seemed like that there was a second there begging to be had for Fulham, but they don't. Oh, it's the story of the game, Andrew, because that would have been 2 0. Um, Fulham had a good first half, looked very good on the break. Liverpool, it was one of those where uh, lots of the balls struggling to create chances, and then uh, Virgil van Dijk. I guess an error was punished by Willian, although I wouldn't think that Keevan Kelleher covered himself in glory either. There was only one place that ball could have gone and somehow it found its way under him. So the accusations of him being less a goalkeeper and more a hologram have uh, come back up on X. Uh, Quite immediately after the goal went in, I put his name into the search on X. Don't do that to yourself. Just don't. Um, Fortunately, most people probably don't know how to properly spell his name. You just say, well, they know how to spell Kelleher. They can figure that one out. It's the first part. Um, Gakbo Nunes then introduced, definitely made Liverpool better. Turning point was definitely Bobby Decordova-Reed's chance. Now, look, he could have cut it back to Jimenez. He could have played it far post to um, someone else who was running. Pereira, I mean, it's not the easiest pass in the world, but there there was a clear path for it to be made. Where it could have, it, yeah, he could have, he, he could have executed it. He saw his name in lights and he went for it, and, and yeah. it was a good save from the aforementioned Kelleher. And then Curtis Jones heavily deflected goal, gets Liverpool on equal terms, and then soon after, great run by um, Darwin Nunez and Gakpo with a really, really tidy finish. Um, 
He's Mr. Carabell. He is. He, he scored is. in every in every game of this tournament. I. Uh, he, you have he, Reggie he, Jackson as Mr. October, and equally <laughs> as I, I will always. I will always. Mr. Carabao. No, Mr. Carabao was Pep Guardiola. I mean, it was their before they could win a treble. It was it was their failsafe. We yeah. always have Carabao. Um, it was an interesting kind of matchup. A couple of people tweeted me, is this an audition for Anthony Robinson to come in as cover or come in as a left back for Liverpool? Or, um, I, I thought Connor Bradley did excellently. 20-year-old. Um, who's There's no point saying he's replacing Trent Alexander-Arnold because he's not going to pop up in midfield and start spraying passes. He's, you know, he's, he's in there, he's playing as a fullback. But I thought he gave Robinson plenty to think about, particularly in the second half. And um, I mean, Robinson was fine, better in the first than he was in the second. But um, yeah, the look on Marco Silva's face uh, after the Deckard overread chance, that really sums it up. So it's not over. It's definitely not over. And uh, in 11 days time, it'll be back at the cottage. Should be a good atmosphere there. Only a goal in it. But um but yeah, Fulham could have had two goals tonight, definitely. Yeah, so it's Liverpool who take the first leg. Meanwhile, in the other semifinal, it's Middlesbrough who stunned Chelsea 1-0 as they take the first leg in their match at the Riverside. Uh, I know, JJ, sometimes we talk about stadiums that we kind of like sneakily like. River, yeah. Riverside would be on that list for me. Really? I like I like that venue. And I feel like that there's a night, cool. like, I don't know if it's the lighting, there's like this kind of reddish tint in the stands that I think kind of adds to it a little bit. I, I like that place. I like the layout of it. Um, yeah. I like, I like games that are there and I'm, and it was, it's fun that Middlesbrough went and, what, uh, and what an odd show for their fans. Yeah. What an odd, uh, I like that place. Selection. Yeah. The, the Riverside. Uh, Hayden Hackney scoring the lone goal in this game. I have to ask. So on that goal, I mean, look, it was a well-worked goal, but you know, I'm watching it. Yeah. Uh, Moises Caicedo, so so what's going on there? Like look, maybe he wouldn't have caught Hackney, I don't know, but but the fact that he seemed to stop trying to in yeah. the box. I mean like look, I I think we can accept when guys aren't playing well, that's one thing. Like you you can accept that form will come and go, but I don't know, like effort in defending a counterattack in a cup semifinal, like that that can't be something where we're questioning you. A player yeah. who who cost 115 million pounds. You know, I saw yeah. Jimmy Floyd Hasselbeck was talking about it afterwards. He said uh, it's a little bit lucky because it go, it goes through the legs of Colwell, but Caicedo has to keep running with Hackney. He has to stay with him. That is his job. He stops. He's expecting a cross, putting his hands behind his back so it doesn't hit his arms. He's more concerned with that than sticking with his man. He needs to keep on running with his man, and then it's not a goal. I mean, it's part he's of it. Right. Yeah, I think so too. It's part of a general midfield dysfunction where en- Enzo Fernandez is kind of. I guess he started fairly brightly and then has fallen off. And uh, Caicedo too, and that's, what, $200 million worth of midfield in there not, not working out. Um, but for me, that's that's not even the story because for Chelsea, Cole Palmer's missed uh, chance. Chances. Which one? Yeah. I mean, I know which one. But... Well, I mean, there were, there, were, there were the main chances Chelsea had in the game. Uh, the first one at nil-nil where I think outside of... He's probably one of the most experienced players on the field, Johnny Housen, who I, I, I will admit I had not been thinking about lately at all. He gives the ball away, 
Um, 35 years. Mm-hmm. Jesus, he seems to be around forever. Uh, he gives away the ball in a terrible position, and then Cole Palmer runs in and drags his shot wide. Like, for a guy who's been kind of the bright side of this Chelsea season so far, that wasn't very good. And then he has a chance to equalise when the Borough keeper just fumbles an <sighs> easy shot by Fernandez. Now, it's popped up in the air, but a guy, a guy in form, a guy with confidence, he gets his foot over the top of it. And it's one of those where if he, if he scuffs it, it's likely to go in. Um, he just got, he couldn't get over top. He was, he couldn't was just get too much underneath it. it yeah, yeah. Too, it's some of the, I mean, it's some of the worst goalkeeping you'll see. I don't know how but, that, I don't know how that can happen. I, like, how I, you're going to carry it, was, it right back into the center like that. I think it was Ian Dark on, um, on commentary said he was thinking already about throwing the ball out. Um, that can happen. Like because it's an easy bread basket catch and like right into the gut and he just kind of flubs it. Well, he, he got away with it anyway. And so a great night at the Riverside, your favorite new stadium. Or really like it, really enjoyed it. Yeah, um, we odd. we talked about this the other day and we deemed this competition to to be a priority for Chelsea when we sure. did our in our it's mailbag. A route, it's a route to Europe, right? Like the the question that was asked to us, what should their expectations be in the second half? We kind of said Premier League be damned. Like this is they're in a semi final now. This is how they salvage their season, win a trophy. This would all, I mean, this is of all whatever the disastrous nature is of the season so far for Chelsea. This would be the worst blow to it yet, I think. And and I, I'm not saying that that it gets it loses Poch's job, but I think it. You know, we read off the odds the other day of which managers are on the hottest seat. He shoots to the top of the list, potentially. Um, this would be unthinkable if they can't get past the championship side in a semifinal, especially with the return leg. They're still only down a goal. I would expect Chelsea to still go on and win this. But it's a terrible start that they weren't able to score in the first leg. Um, you know, It certainly doesn't fill them with confidence going into the second leg. And JJ, they're away fans there. They let them have it when yeah. the full-time whistle blew. But think of, think of where they're traveling on a Tuesday night. Jesus Christ, like, it's got it's got to be a, a four-hour, a four-hour round trip, right? No, it's more you than You tell that. me, it's, I don't know. Where, it's where... it's, it's, it's got to be four hours up, four hours down. If you're going on a bus. Easily that, from, from London to Middlesbrough. Eight hours for that schlock. Yeah. Not very good. Um, what was the other thing I was going to say about Chelsea? Um, yeah, n- not not good at all. But you say he's under pressure. There was reports today that he is not under pressure. That the Chelsea board are 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 not. They're not pulling the trigger on Potch. He should. I mean, he, he's only under pressure because it's Chelsea and because they're not playing well and because they just lost the first leg to a Championship side. But it, in like he shouldn't be under pressure. Like he, he's, when you hire him to be your manager, I think that you, you're, you, and you're bringing in a lot of random players and it's the youngest team in the Premier League. I think you have to acknowledge that there's a little bit of a project going on here and he, he should be, you know, if you believe in your manager, he should be, of course, afforded a full season at least. So he should not be under pressure, but he, he just is because it's that club and what they've spent. Yeah. And there's rumors that performing. that Bowley et al. are going to go into the market again this January. So in the coming I mean, weeks. Bleacher Report posted, uh, JJ, and it's one of those stats that you kind of, you know, it's almost hard to believe. Chelsea have lost 31 games since the start of last season. Only Bournemouth and Nottingham Forest have lost more among teams in the Premier League. Bournemouth, Forest, 
Chelsea, the three losingest teams in the Premier League since the start of last year. That is wild. Did um, you see? Um, did you see Todd ended up at the Golden Globes? Uh, I did. There's a picture of him laughing that one of our listeners sent to us. Yeah, at a time. One of the when... uh, apparent. I didn't watch the Golden Globes, but apparently he was the only one laughing. Yeah. Doesn't sound like Joe Coy was receiving rave reviews for that performance. He wasn't great, but the standard has been set by Gervais in just like torching people. Mm. And if you come in and kind of be, oh, I'm so overwhelmed to be here. Look at all these amazing faces. Robert, De- I mean, he had a bit of a dig at Robert De Niro, kind of said uh, something along the lines of his greatest performance. You know, how does he, how does he get someone pregnant at 80 or whatever it was? And De Niro did his usual, you know, kind of jovial laughter kind of. Uh, and then he had a shot at Taylor Swift, which I thought was actually the best joke he made. He said, uh, we've just come in following the NFL. The difference between the NFL and this show is that you'll see way less shots of Taylor Swift. Yeah. So so that was, the only, that was it, right? That was the only joke that he made about her? Because I saw... That was it. Yeah, no, but like... What was up for... with her reaction seemed... Like, that's not really a harsh joke. No, it's not harsh. It's not really mean. Sipping, it's... Oh, she sipped her champagne with contempt and... She gave... glared at him for Leared, having yeah. said it. It really did not seem like that, that joke was in any way out of line. Like No, but she could have been... Yeah, I don't... Uh, I don't know. I don't know enough about her. I've, I've heard a little of her music. I've mostly avoided it. And some of it's okay. Like, she did a, a collaboration with The National, who I still really like, despite this. And uh, yeah, I like I I like that song. Um, I have no problem with her music. I'm just surprised that she reacted to that joke in the way that fa- she did. Her fans are fundamentalists. <laughs> they are. Don't so. get on the wrong side of them. <laughs> yeah, Swift Swifties are called, I believe. Well, hey, maybe if, maybe Joe Coy, maybe we can get him on the cheap now for the Devonlings after this performance. He can mm, bounce he's back. Still beyond our budget. Oh, okay. Um, let's see. You got anything else on the uh, the Carabao games, JJ? Uh, no, it's just uh, you. You kind of talked a bit about um, about in the rundown, and you yeah. clearly decided to abandon it. That Gerard, <laughs> La- Gerard Lampard and Rooney, maybe Michael Carrick will be better than all of them. Yeah. That's a fair point. Already coached Burr to a playoff semi final last season, losing out to Coventry in the semi final. Um, only four points off the playoff spot currently in a congested Championship table. Andrew, he might be yeah, the pick I, of the bunch. And by maybe. the way, there was there was a golden. I would say he's not golden era, but English golden era, a Jace player who tried to manage there before Jonathan Woodgate. And that went badly. So maybe Carrick is the chosen one. Well, I know who, I mean, Fergie thinks the world of Carrick, right? Isn't that was always like his, he always spoke so highly of him as a player, how smart he was. So yeah. And he's, he's a classic, he's a classic Instagram player. That's fairly recently retired. And who people are only bursting to tell you, you don't know how good peak era Carrick was and then spill a ton of stats at you. And you're like, yeah, yeah, he was brilliant. And so the next time you're in the pub and people start talking. It's a way to sound smart. Yeah. But you bust that one out. Right. Yeah. You keep your Messi's and Ronaldo's. I'll take Carrick. I'll take no, but no. You you have three bottles of Heineken in you, mm-hmm. and then someone is raving about a current midfielder, right? So say someone like is flying in the midfield. I'll tell you, he doesn't hold a candle to PK or Michael Carrick, and all your friends now go, "He's got a point there." He's got, yeah. and then you go go into the bathroom and you turn away like a sage. <laughs> yeah. So there's your Carabao. 
Um, let's move from that, JJ, to the Spanish Super Cup, which for so I, when I turned it on, there's there's still even though I know this, there's still a brief moment where you you know it's a Madrid derby. It's easy to forget that it's happening in Saudi Arabia. So there's like a is it. Well, there's a 30 second period where I turn it on, and you know when you when you turn on a game, you always you kind of, you know, you look, you can pretty much tell where it is by the back, like by the stands. Like we know this sport well enough now, where if you show me an image from a a game, I can pretty much tell you what the venue is. But yeah. like I looked at, I was like, you know, huh. like Real Madrid. I think we're listed first, so in my head they were the home team. I was like, but it doesn't look like the burn. I was like the burn. I know the burn about underwent renovation, but that still doesn't look right. And then like, <laughs> then you see Arabic writing in some of the advertising boards and you're like oh that's right it's in saudi arabia the atmosphere it's this i don't mean it as as a slight against them it's just a weird environment it's a weird atmosphere and like you know i was going to get into it later but we can talk about it now um who was it that tweeted there was a tweet that i saw that was that was so interesting to me phil kitra uh kitra tweeted so surreal watching a stadium full of people wearing Real Madrid shirts, whistling Tony Kroos every time he touches the ball because he suggested players were going to Saudi Arabia for money. I mean, you it know. was, I didn't know. Like, I, I didn't know. So he, Kroos comes on as a sub. By the way, in, in the face of this, relentless booing without mercy. Every time he touched the ball, clear as day. He was actually brilliant. He had a great game and he clearly did not give a damn. If anything, it seemed like he was fe- he was kind of feeding off of it. He tweeted afterwards, almost thanking he he like sarcastically thanked the fans for a great environment. Um, uh, and he played he played really well, I, I thought, in a, as I, coming on as a sub and playing fifty three oh, minutes. Andrew, would you run your mouth like that being in Saudi Arabia? Well, he he ran his mouth like this, uh, and I don't want to say running his mouth. I don't think what he said was that bad, but it stems back. So he posted on Instagram. He had a post a while ago that just said embarrassing. And it yeah. was in reference to a young Spanish player, Gabri Vega, who chose That's to play. That's right. That's right. Yeah. A 21-year-old, highly thought of young Spaniard who chose to go play in Saudi Arabia instead of staying in Europe, which is, you know, I think we, we've we come to accept you know, guys of Ronaldo's age, even Benzema's age. But it's when you see those younger players doing it, Ruben Neves, guys like that, that it kind of, you know, that's, that's the stuff that's eye-opening. And so Kroos commented on it, and he, he basically said that this is – Guys are going there. It's a financial decision. It's not a football one. And he was critical of it. He called that decision embarrassing. And the Saudis have not forgotten. And he was booed without mercy the whole game. But it just in general, for such a big game and a Madrid derby, you know, I'm very fortunate. I've, I've actually been to one at the Bernabeu in 2008. I've talked about it before on this pod. But, like, atmosphere is everything for that game. I mean, I'll, I'll never forget the scenes outside. Riot police between the fan bases. Oh, my God. It was incredible. Um and it's the atmosphere is just weird in a neutral venue like sure, that it's been, in another it's country. Not, it's very this, strange. This is like a mini tournament now that they've played that the Spanish FA negotiated to go there to yeah. play for money. This, yeah. uh, sorry, La Liga negotiated there to play for money and the Spanish FA allowed it. This has got nothing to do with football, like nothing. There's no now, reason for this to be here. Of course no, not. Of course was it not. Enter- this is exhibition stuff. And I'm, I actually, I'm not, even as, as fun as this game was, I'm not sure we should bother talking about it. Well, I'm going to. Because, you, what, no, well, I watched it. I, I watched every minute of it. And I'll say, ex- look, exhibition or not, they both played their A squads. It seemed like everyone wanted it. And it was, I mean, it was an extremely fun watch. 
Now the second half got a little bit Atletico Madrid where it was, you know, yeah. we can get to some of the goals, but the second half it was 2-2 and Madrid and Atleti kind of shut it down. Atleti so scored three goals and still lost. That that'll drive Simeone yeah, bonkers. Absolutely. But they they played their style in the second half and and the first half was the first half was thrilling. It was there's a couple goals in particular what we can concentrate on but lot four goals in total and the second half atleti did their thing and it became it became a bit of a slog but even in that there were two late goals uh to send it to extra time and then real madrid go on and get two more late goals in extra time to go on and win it but it was a i thought it was a very fun game uh two of the goals in particular were spectacular um real madrid second oh my goodness first off they you know, as I'm watching this and I've watched Real Madrid whenever, pretty much whenever they're on in the Champions League, I will make them, unless I have rooting interests, I kind of make them my appointment television. And I think I've I've decided, I was watching this game and they're moving the ball. They move the ball so crisply. They're finish on it. Um, you know, I think it was Fede Valverde who played, who nutmegs a pass and Ferland Mendy, who's not even a goal scorer. He runs in from the left back position and flicks one past All Black. It was, I mean, it was such a great goal and it was so well worked. And I, I'm watching it. Go on, sorry. And, and I think I've now decided, JJ, that when all things are even, like if I can, if every team in the world is playing at the same time, but like remove my own personal rooting interests, I can watch anybody play. I, I think I've now decided Real Madrid are it for me. I enjoy watching them the most. And I guess that shouldn't be surprising. Look at their lineup. Like there, there are stars everywhere. Mm. Even if they, you know, they talked a little bit on the broadcast about how they, they have moved away from some of the Galactico mindset, uh, but there are still stars all over the field, but just the way they play, um, they're lethal in the counterattack, but they don't need to only play that way. They can score in any number of ways. They're just, they're graceful. They're fast. I love watching them play. That's for me, I guess in a post, I guess every era sort of has a team like that. You know, obviously Messi's Barcelona, that tiki-taka style for a long time was was mesmerizing. And for me now, I'll take watching Real Madrid over pretty much anyone else. Interesting. Uh, I yeah. I would counter by saying on an individual level, Griezmann's goal was the moment of the night for me. And to I would, completely I, scupper two defenders like that, send them the wrong way with a kind of a Cruyff turn. And then to bury the shot like that. He's just class. He's, He's absolutely class. And and with that, he became Atletico Madrid's all-time leading scorer. He's in two stints with them. He's now up to 174 goals. And that one, you know, like you said, he collects that. And Rudiger, who's a world-class defender, is around him. And Modric, who's not a world-class defender by any stretch, but he's there. And the way Griezmann just takes them both completely out of the picture with sort of like almost, I know Griezmann's a huge basketball fan. It's like a behind the back sort of move that he makes where he kind of flicks the ball behind him and everything opens up in front of him after that. Still has a lot to do with the finish. Finish was perfect. He's ridiculous. He's ridiculous. And yeah, as I'm seeing it and kind of watching this game in particular, I'm sort of thinking like with the Euros coming up this summer between, I I hope we, I want to see an England-France final. I hope that there's a pathway to that to happen between the form that Kane and Bellingham are in and the form that Mbappe and Griezmann are in. I just feel like this is a, this is the moment where like that game could just be, it could be an all timer as far as European championship matches go. I hope we get it at some point. And there's enough desperation between the two teams. Um, France, like Deschamps needs that second trophy, doesn't he? Like to, to cement 
his status. He I, he does need that. Well, he's, uh, I mean, cement his status. Like, yeah, but there's been he, so- he's won it as a player and a manager, and we're going to talk about it when we get to Beckenbauer. But only three guys have done that, so I think the I think the state is he's gotten to two other finals, uh, which does help. I know okay, he lost me, those, but me, I think this. I think let me change that. Forget about cementing. He won a World Cup. He's a World Cup winning manager and a World Cup winning player. He'll be raging at how the other two went. Uh-huh. And he will want another one real bad. And England will England need a trophy to end this period for it to have been the success that well, just to for it to be a success, basically. Yeah. And th- and this French team too, for the level that they are, it- it's a weird thing to say it because winning a World Cup is so hard to do, but it feels like they they need to they need more than one. Like they're too good for this era to come and go. Like Spain had their era where they got two Euros and a World Cup. That's dominating an era. If this era, if we exit this and the only trophy that France have to show for it is one World Cup, that's still great. And their fans will always cherish that. But to be one of like one of the all time great eras, they they need something else. So that could be on their mind as well. True. True. We'll true, see. True. We'll see if we get it. Um, but yeah, then this game, like I said, the second half slowed down a little bit. Um, you know, for for the sensational goals that we had, the the go-ahead goal for Atletico to put them 3-2 up was kind of just like a weird bad goalkeeping from Kepa. Needs to do more with that. Uh, I think it went down as a Rudiger own goal, but... It was, of... and then Kepa claimed and he was somehow impeded by Rudiger. Yeah. It wasn't impeded by Morata. It wasn't a foul. It was, it was the correct decision. Yeah. Uh, but then, of course, as they've done so many times before in, in various Champions League matches, Real Madrid have an answer for it, uh, and they, they equalize, send it um, into extra time where they go on and... and First, there was an own goal from Atletico Madrid, but the the goal that sealed it, what a um, what a fun goal from uh, Brahim Diaz as he like I would always expect him to win a, a foot race with a goalkeeper, but the way he is so determined to blow by All Black to make sure he gets to that ball, it looked like he was it looked like Usain Bolt uh, the way he got to that and then still was able to finish to seal it. Fun game, five three, really enjoyed it. Um, like I said, the, the atmosphere was weird, but the football was spectacular. Also, um, I know we've talked about this before. So anytime I see it, I, my antenna goes up to it. Rudiger continues to be just like one of the, if I made my, my team of just like my all, my all obnoxious team, he's, he might be, he's probably the captain at center back. They had, they, they had the slow motion replay JJ during the broadcast of him giving Alvaro Morata purple nurple. Like, why, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? This is what he does, Rudiger. He is just, he's that guy. He's probably on, between these two teams, he's probably on the wrong one. Feels like he's a perfect Atletico Madrid type player with like that kind of housery. Um, oh man, he's he's a great player and he scored for both teams actually in this game. Uh, but yeah, he he can be he can be a tough one. Um, and so now Barcelona face Osasuna on Thursday and we'll see. The, the final of this will be on Thursday, on uh, Sunday. Um and Ancelotti talked about it. He said, this is like, he said afterwards that they're drained. They put, they put everything into this and it, you know, it went the full distance, 120. Um, it was, that was, that was a tough one. And so, you know, as they're battling it out with Girona to try to win the league, this was, uh, they had to expend a lot of energy in this kind of mid season mini tournament um, with all the other things that they're battling in. I don't know if they, if they needed something like that, but so be it. Um, 
but really fun game. 5-3, like you said, not probably not what you're expecting in an Atletico Madrid game to see eight goals scored. Uh, but that's been a little bit of a new look Atletico this season. We saw it in the Champions League, too. And in La Liga. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Griezmann, God, is he he's something. He is something. Um, so, yeah, we'll see what happens with the Barcelona Osasuna. Maybe we'll have a Classico in the final on Sunday. Uh, let's see, JJ, before we go to break here, we did want to mention, like we referenced, that um, a legend of this sport passed away the other day. Um, Germany's Franz Beckenbauer dies at the age of 78, surrounded by his family. Um, pretty fascinating legacy that he leaves behind. Uh, I know Bayern Munich, he made over 500 appearances for Bayern Munich. They released a statement, a statement, you know, we all know Bayern as what they are now. They released a statement saying that they would not be what they are today without what Franz Beckenbauer contributed to that club. Uh, he is He's a legend, a legendary figure on the field as a coach and even in, in other ways, but a complicated legacy as well. Yeah, five Bundesliga titles, four German Cups, three European Cups, Champions Leagues, one Cup Winners' Cup, three uh, North American Soccer League titles, one European Championship, and one World Cup as a player. And then as a manager, World Cup winner, World Cup runner-up, UEFA Cup winner, German champion, French champion, World Cup and uh, Bundesliga runner-up as well. Um, So Gab Marcotti did a piece on him, and he really lays out how he kind of changed the position of centre-back, how graceful he was on the ball, how he could stride into midfield and take players out, create situations, you know, just just a wonderful, wonderful player and a player who transitioned from midfield to centre-back or probably to sweeper, kind of created the libero style. Um, an amazing footballer to watch. Although for me, for me, um, I wasn't alive at the time, so... I'm just upset that he denied the Clockwork Orange Dutch team a, a their World Cup in '74. It's like they, he he always came across as the spoiler in that to me. I, I I probably need to go back and watch old tape and truly appreciate what he was as a footballer because the time I by the time I started watching football, he was a manager in 1990. Um. So yeah, just an unbelievable resume, and then and then there's the complicated part as Gab lays out. Germany won the bid for 2006 over South Africa in highly controversial circumstances and amid allegations of corruption. He would face more accusations after it emerged that his position as head of the 2006 organizing committee, a volunteer role, reportedly was actually paid by a sponsor to the tune of six million dollars, and perhaps more egregiously, he faced serious ac- accusations of corruption in the vote for the 2018 and 2022 World Cups, which were controversially awarded to Russia and Qatar. The FIFA Ethics Committee investigated him for five years before being forced to drop the case because the statute of limitations had expired. Mm. So, like, uh, Gab kind of says, listen, absolute legend, but he wishes that he had got out of football completely. No ambassadorial roles, none of this before 2000. Just got clean out. Don't don't be involved in this. But anyone, is there anyone clean from that exco, from that era's ex, uh, FIFA exco? There just isn't. Not that I know of. I'd have to go back and watch the FIFA doc again, but yeah. not that I can recall. It's all kind of very, very murky. And and I honestly don't think, if you hear Jurgen Klopp talk about him and about what a great person he was, 
the 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 warmth, like the time he had for people, and even Gab mentions it as well. He was he was a really good guy, and we are all fallible. We're all weak, and maybe maybe this is the kind of stuff that, considering the 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 widespread corruption in FIFA, maybe it's it's kind of it's not going to tarnish his legacy. It it complicates things, yeah. Um, but maybe maybe it doesn't tarnish his legacy. And I um, I rang a friend of mine today who has a personal connection with Franz Beckenbauer from his NASL days, which is, it's just, it's a wonderful story. His name's Sean Conahan. And um, Sean's been embedded in soccer in, in New York and in Scotland for all his life. But he was a, in 1982, he was in his third season as a NASL NASL ball boy for the Cosmos hmm. 13 years of age um, and it seems to me they had pretty much unfettered access as ball boys in that era and I, you think of the players he was seeing you know like, through that period just the most amazing footballers including Pele coming through the, the locker rooms at Giant Stadium there and in 82 there was a, a UNICEF game like a, a rest of the world uh versus uh, Europe versus the rest of the world, 7th of August, 1982. Um, Full house, 76,000 at uh, Giant Stadium. And Kevin Keegan was part of the Europe side. So Keegan had signed a massive boot deal with Patrick, who wouldn't be the most fashionable bootmaker now, but this was, this was a huge thing. He signed with Patrick. And it was obviously turf at the Giant Stadium at the time. And there's a commotion and Sean is just in and around the locker room area. And as, as the players are getting off the bus, like these, and Keegan was Sean's hero. Kevin Keegan was his hero. He's coming off and Keegan is upset. He can't find his, his specific Patrick turf shoes. They're, they're lost or stolen. They tear up the bus. They go through all the equipment to try and find it. Cannot find them. And this is the days, and it probably, I mean, the days are still the same. Trent Alexander-Arnold cannot go out in the field without his Adidas Predators. Cannot. And equally, in a, such a high-profile game, and it being turf too, Kevin Keegan couldn't go out onto the field without his Patrick uh, turf shoes on. So what are they going to do? And in the midst of all this, this little ginger 13-year-old has a suggestion and makes it to them. He says, why don't you take one of Franz Beckenbauer's Adidas cleats and take the, the three stripes, take two of the, take one of the stripes off and take the other two and just have, just attach them to, because the, the two stripes for Patrick were at the back towards the heel of the boot. And put them there. And is it that easy to do that to an Adidas shoe? To take the they're, oh, not, you can take, they're not velcroed on there. No, you can take them off. Okay. Um, if you ever ever had Copa Mundials, in fact, they're the first thing to start cracking and come off on on Copa Mundials is the is the Adidas stripe and uh, and they're like it's a silence and like that works and and Beckenbauer was asked and he was like yeah absolutely no problem this is actually a good idea. So they get them huh. and they, they, they tried to tape them first, but they, I mean, how do you tape leather? Yeah. It just doesn't work. So they glued them on. 
and uh, and Keegan was able to run out in the field. And many years later, uh, Keegan and Sean bumped into each other, and and Sean said, "Hey, I'm I'm the kid from the locker room in at Giant Stadium that day." And he's and Keegan was like, couldn't he couldn't believe it. So, <laughs> oh, that's but cool. um, but Beckenbar was like, Sean said Beckenbar specifically was would always either ruffle his hair, would always have time to talk to him because he was a young kid who was interested in soccer. He, in made, the, time, he made time for people. That was a magic. Imagine being a kid and you're the ball boy in Giant Stadium. Surreal. Must surreal. have been a surreal experience. And in the, the New York Times did an obituary piece on Beckenbauer. And in there, they point out that Beckenbauer said that his three years in New York were his the three best years of his life, he claimed. Uh, that he I, loved the experience so much of of being able to have fun playing the sport, but also kind of be able to live a life that was a little bit different than whatever he was going to be able to live uh, in Germany and in Europe. Uh, he was kind of able to sort of still be a, a famous star in New York, but not nearly to the extent that uh, like they they point out that the, the cool thing he could go to a restaurant and not be bothered. But like he was just famous enough where Woody Allen recognized him, and he said uh, he talked about what a thrill that was for him in the uh, in the New York Times at, piece. So yeah, at, pretty at the deep. time, I'm sure. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I don't know um, how that aged, but yeah. No, I I, I get it, and uh, and I, I when I interviewed Pele, um, it was pretty cool. He 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 had a a gleam, a glint in his eye when he talked about living in New York, and I interviewed yeah. him in um, in Hudson Yards. Uh, he had quite the time. Studio 54, everything. Uh-huh. I, I just finished on this with Beckenbauer. And this, this is the kind of, obviously, anyone's passing, um, particularly, not anyone, but particularly someone of the, that stature. And uh, it, it's sad. And it was Miguel Delaney pointed out that now the the pillars of modern football, the icons that took it, into a new level post World War Two, Beckenbauer, Cruyff, Best, Pele, are now all gone. Yeah, and um, and honestly, growing up in the nineties, these guys were everywhere, everywhere, and you were still so kind of uh, aware of them and aware of their legacy. And now they're gone. Yeah. And I know he came even a little bit, I guess, after that, but Maradona sort of is on like the tail yeah. end of that class as well. It's a fair, fair point. Yeah. 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 Franz Beckenbauer, a, a soccer legend, a German legend, uh, a legend in, in many different forms. Like we said, as a player, as a manager here, as uh, almost a soccer ambassador in the United States uh, for his time in the Cosmos, uh, dies at the age of 78. Uh, JJ, we'll go ahead. We'll take a break. We'll come back more caught offside still to come. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Oh, back now. Caught offside late here on a Wednesday evening in a very windy, very windy New York Um it's JJ, time for weather talk yeah, with Andrew Gundling. Here we go. Yeah. Um, JJ, we haven't done this in a while, but I, I just recently finished a couple shows. So I figured it was. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. I know people, I think every once in a while, like to know what we're, what we're watching. And we'll uh, tell them whether they want to hear or not. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I'll give you this. The um, I, I, I was on this show, I think fairly early and I'm proud of that because I think it's now gaining in popularity. But if you are, people maybe are sick of hearing this, but if you're not watching Slow Horses right now on Apple TV, I think you're missing out. Uh, it I, is I'm... so enjoyable. Um, the combination of like, it's a spy drama, but there's just enough humor mixed in there that like it adds like another element that you don't always get in those kinds of, you know, like Homeland was so incredibly, it's just an hour of seriousness. Yeah, And like this, this has enough humor that it breaks up that seriousness, but it still is as good of a spy show as there is on TV and has been on TV in, in quite some time. It's so damn good. Oh my God. The third season just finished. It's only six episodes in a season. So there's 18 total so far. You can zip through them. It's fantastic. I couldn't, I couldn't give it a higher recommendation. I just love it. And the fourth season is coming up sometime this year. They haven't given the date, but it'll be in 2024. So. Okay. I'm, I'm going to get into that because I saw it was um, nominated for Golden Globes and I didn't, I didn't watch. Um, okay. So, but I, I will now watch. I finished, recently finished Fargo season one. It was, go, it was like 2014 or 2015. But I didn't pay attention the first time. And it, season one has Billy Bob Thornton, Martin Freeman, and is kind of more connected to the film in some. It ha, it has connections to the film, whereas I think each other season after this is kind of more standalone. But I I enjoyed it immensely. Billy Bob Thornton is as a bad guy just unbelievable, and Martin Freeman as a as a as a guy who turns bad guy, fantastic. Oh, is that a spoiler? No, no. Are you no. sure? It's definitely not. Okay. Um, you become aware of these things early on, Andrew. Oh, still though. Uh, and anyways, it's needed to it's, know that. Uh, so, so I've I've kind of done a a switch, and I'm watching Top Boy. Top Boy Netflix about London drug gangs. Mm. Um. Mm. Okay. Pretty pretty amazing. However, Darcy will have to. I mean, they 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 all talk. Like they're ready to go on Arsenal fan TV. They're hyped up about Wenger, or they're hyped up about their drug deal. Yeah, man, them, yeah, blood, uh, the whole thing. Arsenal Football Club, blood. Um, All right, top I'm, one. I'm, I'm I'm three episodes in, and I'm I'm enjoying it. Okay, so far, yeah. Um, also, I should say too, you and I many times over the life of this podcast have expressed that mutually we have this this keen lifelong interest in in everything that transpired in world war ii the the lead up to it the yeah. war itself okay let's everything we, that happened afterwards we're absolutely just, it's you know we it's just one of these moments in history that you and i are i don't know we, we we're drawn to it and and the history of it and and we are always consuming 
more and more about it. And I've watched so many, I feel like I've seen so many documentaries on it. I don't know how much more footage and ways of presenting it that there's left for me. Having said that, <laughs> having said that, JJ, I was blown away by Netflix's newest docuseries, World War II from the front lines. Blown away by it. I finally, I finished it at six episodes, I think. Um, I finished it a couple days ago and I couldn't believe it. Um, there was foot, definitely footage in there that I hadn't seen. The way the stories are told um, from people who were a part of the war in some way, whether they fought, whether they were civilians, it was, I mean, if you're like us and it's, and it's a subject matter that you are interested in and want to learn more about, I mean, I've seen a lot of these things and this one for me, it goes, it goes near the top of the list. I got to say. The footage is phenomenal. Utterly phenomenal. It's, it's outstanding. It really is. And like you said, how many more angles are there? Well, there seems to be a lot. Um, yeah. Truly, truly great. Um, also, before we get off what we're watching, you long, many years ago, challenged me, not challenged me, told me, mm-hmm. just watch Seinfeld. Just watch it. Oh, oh my God. How many years ago was that? I suppose six or seven. I'm up to the contest episode. Okay. Season four. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I get such a kick out of Costanza. <laughs> I, I, I get a kick out of all of them. Kramer, uh, Jerry just kind of glues it all together. Elaine is just amazing. It's the perfect show. I I think it's occupying such a great like it's it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. Uh, the contest is I can't stop laughing. It's it's unbelievable. Um I was going it, it, so it holds up. I mean that's a show from the 90s. It does. Here the we first, are now. The, I wouldn't say season 1 does. And and it's, I think everyone agrees on that. It's trying that to find show it. didn't know that show didn't know what it was yet. I think no, but it found it just found its groove perfectly. Yeah. Um, which is fine, isn't it? Great they they got time. They're yeah. like a manager, you know. First job, give them time. Second season, fantastic. Uh, no, brilliant. Really enjoying it. And I'm sorry I didn't do it earlier. I was going to ask a puerile, really childish question between us: who'd last in the contest? But who'd win the contest? But. <laughs> Uh, I think we know your your sticking power is phenomenal. <laughs> Interesting choice of words. Um, and then I, I want to say too, up so up next for me now because I think somebody was asking us about this on uh, Netflix. Uh, the the uh, captains of the world, I've seen advertised. I've I've got to dive into it. I think it follows some of the, it's following some of the best players from the 2022 World Cup, and so I, I'm I'm in. Gonna, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll watch I'll watch that. I just hope it's not. Heavily edited. I hate that. I can't. I can't do that. Uh, let's see. A few other stories now, JJ, that uh, we want to mention before we get out on this podcast here tonight. Uh, a little closer to home, Kate Cowell making a move south of the border, leaving MLS uh, for a move a little over $4 million to Chivas, which is a bit of a surprise given Chivas's longstanding policy of only signing Mexican players. Now, they, they have eased up on that a bit. To include dual nationals, well, he is he is Mexican. Well, that but so that's the thing though. But that to me, in some ways, makes it almost a little, a little even edgier because so yes, he's a dual national. He he does have a Mexican passport, which is which is what basically can allow this to happen. Otherwise, I don't think Chivas would do it. But he chose to play for Mexico's arch rival, the U.S. Like yeah, that's where, and, so and that that and, in some ways, he, like there's going to be. There will be a level of scrutiny on him, I think, that is that maybe is unfair to the level of of talent that he is. 
there's probably going to be a, a microscope on him. I'm sure the fans will will be on him if things aren't going well. It's it's an interesting move, I thought. It, it we'll is see interesting. How it goes. It's interesting as well that he, he chose to go at twenty. Um, feel feels like I don't know why does that feel young to do this? Uh, huh? I'm 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 not sure about it. Uh, I I didn't see it coming. Uh, he, you'll be you're right. He is going to be under more pressure because he's a cap tight American. He's an American. Yeah. To, to them, he'll be an American, despite what he may think himself, like that he's Mexican American, American Mexican. Say whatever way you want. He's a U.S. international. So, and he's not even an established U.S. international. Even more pressure. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, he's still so raw. I mean, we we have spoken about that many times on this show. That like you can you can see it there. You can see the talent. It's almost like a like a poor man's Darwin Nunez sometimes. That like if if you can just kind of carve this thing and mold this thing into just like a slightly better version of what it is, there there's a potentially brilliant player in there, uh, and we'll see if Chivas can bring that out of him because. Um, you know, you, you get it in flashes with the U.S., with San Jose, but consistency has has not always been there for Cade Cowell. And we'll see now if, if this move to Liga MX um, brings that out in him. Um, also, J.J., we spoke about this after the MLS Cup final when Denny Bowanga gave his. Well, hang his, on. Oh, OK. Yeah. Um, we need to hang on a bit because oh. I'm not sure you saw this and Uh-oh. I've just seen it. Oh, so oh I no. missed I missed it today. Oh my God. We're talking about moves south of the border. Uh, Brandon Vasquez officially joining Liga Mekis side Monterey. I had not seen that. Vasquez move, this Daily Mail, Jake Fenner. Vasquez move has been made official at a fee of up to 8.5 million to Cincinnati. Ooh. Fellow Mexican-American Kate Cowell could also make the move to Liga Mex. Well, that's been... Well, that happened. That so happened. the Vasquez move happened... Oh, according now, to now ES- I'm disappointing myself. According to ESPN's Cesar Hernandez, the MLS club agreed to this deal with a sell-on clause. So Vasquez has officially signed a contract until December of 2027 with the club, while Cincinnati will receive a fee of up to $8.5 million. We'd like to thank Brandon for all his contribu- contributions to FC Cincinnati, general manager Chris Albright said in a team release. He was a centerpiece of the team that brought FC Cincinnati its first trophy, and he'll forever be part of the fabric of this club. Wow, that's... That's big. That's a, yeah, yeah. That's a tough blow for, for MLS and for FC Cincinnati in particular. 43 um, goals and 15 assists across all competitions in 127 matches. Hmm. Wow. Interesting. All right. Well, we'll see what that does for him. Um, you know, maybe Cincinnati can withstand that with Lucho Acosta as such a dynamic playmaker who can make others better around him. Maybe they think that that can continue. I think they've that also can make just, a move, man. Well, they, they've also just shored up their back line a little bit. They already had the MLS Defender of the Year in Matt Miazga. And then they went out and just brought in Miles Robinson next to him, uh, one of the other best defenders in MLS. So they, they've certainly locked things down in the back. Um, I was wondering, I was going to ask you what you made of the Miles Robinson move, because it seemed like there were some people that were a little bit, yeah, uh, there were some people that were, I, look, there's no other way to put this. You know, I, I value, I love MLS. I think it's a great league, but there were people who were disappointed by it that want, that would have liked his next move to have been to Europe. Um, and that is not the case. He He's staying he's in MLS, though. at least for the time being. Yeah. So it seems like it's this, a lot tougher. This, this would have been the time. Yeah. And if you look at, I mean, it. He would have had to go now. Yeah. Uh, he may have looked at it at the landscape and thought that the offers in Europe wasn't something that that appealed to him. Maybe, maybe it was 
maybe it wasn't a really big club or or a, a club in a big league and decided to sit, stay where he is. We've seen Jordi Mihailovic is returning now to Colorado after it just didn't work out for him at AZ Alkmaar. So uh, grass isn't always greener and I, I just imagine that the the offer that's being given to him is is something that financially makes sense and there wasn't other good European offers because I think he would have gone if there was a really good European offer. Maybe. Uh, don't know. Don't know. But yeah, so he'll he'll be paired up next to Matt Miaska. Quite a defensive duo there. Um, what I was going to mention before, Denny Bawanga, we, we saw this coming uh, in his post-match press conference after MLS Cup final. You know, he, he started to make comments that made it sound like, uh-oh, like he's he's sending the warning flares out there that he is readying for a move here for a request for a move and sure enough he's now i mean there there's no more secrecy here he spoke to l'equipe uh the french outlet and he he makes it clear he wants to move to europe tom bogert posted on twitter lafc star and reigning mls golden boot winner denny bowanga tells l'equipe he wants to leave quote my objective is clear and stated i would like to come back and play in france or in a european club so and tom closes by saying a saga is brewing here I'm sure it is because I'm guessing, I mean, that's, you know, LAFC, you know, they have some, some key components that are aging a little bit. Bawanga was kind of the bridge to whatever this next era of LAFC football is going to be with Carlos um, Bella kind of entering the latter stages of his career. And that would be just a, a huge piece for them to lose at this stage. Um, so he's made it clear. Now, I don't know if LAFC have the stomach for that. Like, okay, you can want to go all you want, but we don't need to do anything about that. You're, you're our player, um, whether or not they choose to honor it and let him go back home to France and, and ply his trade there. Uh, we'll see. It's a tough and spot. Are they going to get an offer that's, that's suitable for them? Uh, but he's right. Like he's 29 now. Like we've talked about before, it's he's got he, you know if he does want another crack at it, he has to go on out. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there you go, JJ. That's some of what's been going on here, closer to home in the U.S. and MLS. Uh, January transfer window wide open now. A few things I wanted to mention. We're kind of getting into the like the the dumb agent comment portion of the show here uh, on a couple fronts. So Tottenham and Bayern Munich were once again duking it out for Genoa defender Radu Dragazin. And shockingly, uh, as Bayern came in late with an offer that may have been better than Tottenham's, uh, shockingly, Dragazin chooses Spurs. How about that? Daniel Levy now making two big moves in the, basically the first week of the window. Not typically what we see from Daniel Levy. He is the ultimate 11th hour man when it comes to transfer dealings. I, I guess, I don't know if it's him turning over a new leaf as much as it is like, I see that and like, this is how you back a manager. You know, like, don't wait. Ange, Ange has made it clear what Tottenham needs and Levy has gone out and in the first week, he's not messing around. They have holes. Sun is gone at the Asian Cup. They need help in that part of the field. They go out, get, they get Timo Werner. That became official today. And with their injuries in the back line, Romero, Van de Ven, we've seen how it's hurt Spurs. They need help. Bang, they go right out and get Dragazin. It's a, it's a hugely important move. But I was stunned by some of the comments made by his agent yep. uh, after the fact. Um, so he said this. I'll read. There were a couple versions. This is the slightly longer one. He said, um, this morning at 8 a.m., the decision was made. We were determined to go to Tottenham. Uh, but the offer came from Bayern, and we were stopped in our tracks. I was on my way to the airport. I said, we have to think carefully and evaluate it. Bayern are one of the biggest clubs in the world. I can't believe we turned down Bayern. 
but that's the decision. I took it with Radu and his family. I informed Byron that this was the decision, that they came in at the end, and it was too difficult to change our minds. Maybe in the future we will get there. <laughs> we, were, we are a little overwhelmed. It was ultimately what Radu Don't and his family like wanted. Um, I mean, why are you doing this to your player? Like You're supposed to be helping, <laughs> like supporting your client. How are you helping him with comments like that? Maybe one day we will get there. You're That's... saying this before before he's ever even played a game for Spurs. <laughs> You're saying this. I can't believe we turned down Bayern. Like, does he not realize that stuff like this makes Spurs sound like a small club? Support your client, man. What are you doing? I totally agree with you. Um, I'm I'm kind of fascinated. I, is this the? It sounds is... like he did not. If I had to guess here, I would say the agent was not happy about this. But he said that Radu that this was basically a loyalty thing. That Tottenham were in on him early. Yeah. Iron he, came in late and Radu yeah. Dragazan did not want to betray that. And I, so he he held firm. Is this the biggest Romanian signing into the Premier League since like Chelsea signed Adrian Mutu? Like Romanian football, where once it was like, you know, <laughs> there was Georgi Hadji, uh Ili Dumitrescu, who ended up at Spurs. Gica Papescu, who ended up at Spurs, you know, had played at Barcelona. Like, there was quality Romanian footballers to be had. And this feels like the bridging of a massive gap. I, I think I'm, you're I'm right. Trying... I, I would have to, re- I mean, there's nothing that jumps to mind. Nothing. I, I can, would, no yeah. Roma- Romanian players. No. Yeah. So it's a potentially big get for Spurs to help. Um, I, look, I don't know what, what, when all things are, when everyone's back, I don't know what his role will be. I mean, Romero and Van de Ven will be the defensive pairing. Uh, but boy, they desperately needed this because as we see, injuries do happen in Tottenham after Davinson Sanchez left and looks like Eric Dyer. I mean, Tottenham wanted him to have left already. Looks like maybe he's going to Bayern, which I don't fully understand, but so be it. So a big, important move, a couple important moves for Tottenham so far early in the window. And then JJ, the other agent story I wanted to mention. So, not necessarily by his own doing. We've seen the social media gaffe from Napoli. And now, once again, Victor Osiman is continues to find himself in the news for things that I don't think are necessarily his fault. I haven't seen this. So this time, it's because of comments made by the agent of teammate Kavicha Kavarskelia, who uh, Fabrizio Romano posted this. Uh, Osiman replies to Kavarskelia's agent, who had stated that the Nigerian will head to Saudi Arabia in the summer. And... Osiman was not happy that this got out, that he said this. And so he said, Dear Mamuku Jugeli, who I guess is Kavicha's agent, you're a piece of filth and disgrace. I'm embarrassed at your sense of reasoning. Dumb F. Keep my name out of your mouth. So a couple of things with this. Ultimately, Osiman is kind he's right. And uh, the agent of another player should not be commenting or mentioning his name publicly from a transfer rumor standpoint. It's not right. And it has potential to kind of unfairly impact the treatment that Osiman gets from here on out from Napoli fans. Like they could turn on him if they know he wants to be in Saudi Arabia and just leave for, I mean, like we talked about with Tony Kroos before. Napoli fans will not take kindly after this guy just signed a new deal with the club to the thought that he wants to leave just for more money. In, in a, like It's a financial decision if he but goes to, to Saudi Arabia. And also to so, say this, Kavicha would not accept a similar transfer, not even for a billion. Yeah. No, he's oh. he's he's pitted them against one another. Um, 
And, you know, it also kind of puts Osimhen in a box because now it, it, if he does leave for Saudi Arabia, it kind of makes him look bad. So I, I don't know. I, it's been a weird season for Napoli. And now to have the two faces of the team, whether they, I don't know what their feelings are about one another. I have no idea if they're friends, if they speak, I don't know. Uh, but they have now through the actions of this agent, they've been pitted against one another. And, and that ex- makes for an uncomfortable dressing room, I'm sure. It's excellent news for uh, recently uh, appointed Walter Mazzari to have to deal with all this. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. This yeah, is exactly seriously. what I want. Yeah, absolutely. It's inter- it, was, it was very, very interesting. So if you watch Stick to Football on YouTube, which is one of Gary Neville's podcasts, um, it's really good. Roy Keane is involved, Ian Wright, Jamie Carraher, and Jill Scott. Um, they They were talking about basically transfers who should handle transfers and the, the constant theme throughout the podcast was how difficult it is to deal with agents in the modern game and how agents sometimes don't even bother going to managers anymore because managers aren't permanent they'll go to the owners strike up a relationship with the owners and sell players that way the owner will then pressure the sporting director or the manager to buy such a player being able, Jill Scott, she said, I, I have no interest in, 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 in working with, like, she said, if I just want to coach. I wouldn't want to have to deal with any of that. And I kind of, kind of understand that position. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then a couple other ones quickly wanted to mention. I know you spoke about Jordan Henderson the other day, how it seems like his time in Saudi Arabia, may, he may have had it already. And it sounds like now Ajax are potentially interested. We were wondering what English club would be interested. Um, that. I haven't seen a name tied to that, uh, but Ajax are the one club whose name I've actually seen mentioned that that may be keen on bringing him in. Not sure I would have guessed that. I I did I wouldn't have seen that coming, especially considering I just feel like at Eredivisie site, how are they gonna how are they gonna afford his wages? How how is any of this going to work? Um, and I can see why Henderson would want to take the first fairly attractive offer and get out, but. Aliti fact do not have to sell him. They do not have to let him go either on loan or permanently or any of that. They hold all the cards. It's up to them to let him leave. He's painted himself into such a difficult position. It's and so unnecessarily. When you think about it now, it, it's truly mind boggling the decision he made. Crazy. Well, he'll be counting his money as he contemplates his his options. He's counting on what he has to give to the give to the inland revenue. And to Saudi authorities, it's, the tax bill could be pretty hefty. Uh, and then finally, JJ, it seems that uh, Manchester United's long nightmare is almost coming to a close as Jaden Sancho looks to be headed back to Borussia Dortmund. One of the truly unbelievable, unbelievably bad signings in the history of the Premier League. A team that had chased this player for so long his association with United almost started the minute he went to Germany. And then he started playing well. And all the, ultimately, it was Solskjaer that brought him in. And then they discovered that Ronaldo was also fit. <laughs> that mess of a transfer window. Like United could were still kind of relevant there in the title race. You know, Solskjaer had it engineered. A, it was a false second, but it was a second nonetheless. And uh, that summer's worth of work, what was it, 2021? Sancho and Ronaldo. Disaster. Absolute disaster. 
such a shame for Sancho. I mean, look, he can get his career back on track, but this in these years, these are like the beginning of his prime. Um, boy, the the way that his career has kind of I wonder, can he? Well, he's I gone won't... to the right he's I guess he's gone to the right club to do it. He'll feel comfortable there. Certainly it's where we saw the best version of him. Um, they'll open their arms to him. Um, you know what I thought when I saw it is, oh, great. Gio Reyna's really got to go now. I mean, he's, yeah, we, not, we, we, he's just not going to play. We talked about that. There's no way on the wages that they'll have to they'll have to pay him that Gio Reyna's getting a kick of a ball. It's oh. he's got to Yeah, he's got to go. But I think for Manchester United, it's good to have him out of there because the whatever it was doing to that locker room, players who had taken Sancho's side, making things difficult for this manager that was not going to let him back in without the apology. It was just they didn't need that. There's enough going on at that club. They didn't need some kind of distraction like this. It's good for Sancho to go back to a club where the fans will love him because he was a great player there. Um, he'll have a chance. You know, it, it's a place where he's thrived before. Probably makes sense for everyone that this would end this way. Um, but for Manchester, you know, I mean, boy, when they made that signing, didn't, wouldn't have, wouldn't have expected this. If you told me two and a half years from now, uh, Jaden Sancho will have made no impact here. And it's going to end disastrously for him where he's been in exile from the club for, for a couple months before his departure. Wow. Wouldn't have, wouldn't have signed on to that prediction. Who's United's last unequivocally good signing. Uh, I mean, Bruno Fernandez. So off the top of my head, Bruno Fernandez is what I would say, but I'm tr- I feel like we're forgetting something that has happened since then. Unequivocally, no question marks. So it's not Varane. No, it wouldn't be Casemiro. I mean, Can't these be guys Casemiro. Have had some, some moments, but Can't um, be Ericsson. No. Um, Can't be Ronaldo. No. Can't be Anthony. No, no. Um, Struggling. Yeah, I don't know. Like, can't be Onana. No, no. Although he's done okay in the Premier League, but his Champions League performance is not. Lissandro unequ- Martinez. No, uh, I don't know. He's been I mean, fine. Um, so actually, while 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 I'm thinking of it, happy birthday, Mason Mount. I believe he turned. <laughs> Uh, turns 25 today uh, it would not <laughs> be been, him. he's been excellent would not be him no, um no. yeah I, I don't know yeah that's not good because no. because I, I don't know i don't have the the figure in front of me but i mean what do you think si- since bruno fernandez if we're going to say that's their last great unequivocally great signing how much money have they spent on signings between then and now and we can't think of another one i mean not until I mean, we're not even factoring in wages. Uh, that's that's terrible. Two hundred. Oh, at, at at least. I'm being. I'm being. Yeah. Yeah, that's not good. So yeah, we'll see. But I, uh, maybe this will be in the best interest of everybody. I think it will. Uh, JJ, I don't have. Uh, I don't have much else. No, I'm. I'm absolutely spent. This has been a. It's been a great podcast. Well, there you go. Everybody get to caughtoffsidepod.com. Get your T-shirts and keep on the lookout. I mean, look, it won't be by surprise. We'll certainly tell you when the uh, the beanies, the winter hats, whatever you want to call them, when they become available, you'll know. And tell but, people about this podcast as well. You know. Oh, yeah. We'll always do that. Please do. Please do that. Stop randomers. Actually, don't do that. Just tell people you know that like football. Give us a listen. And feel free to keep voting. You can only vote once, but if you have a phone and a computer and your wife's partner's phone, computer, whatever, your parents, keep voting in the uh, the sports podcast awards. 
um, for a best football podcast, give us your vote. Caught offside. We would love it. It would mean a lot to us. And um, if you're looking for a way to support the show, that is the easiest way in which you could do it. Cost you nothing except about 45 seconds. JJ, I enjoy this immensely. I always do. We'll be back, of course, with another one early next week. Looking back on what should be a fun weekend um, throughout the world of soccer. Hey. Uh, can I get the latest of late shouts in? This is at the buzzer. It's like 93rd yeah. minute. Yeah, this is this is the bogeyman, I call him. Tom Bogert. Breaking. Philadelphia Union has re-signed best 11 left back Kai Wagner. So let's oh, just tell the Athletic. Whoa. Wagner, 26, was out of contract after contract talks stalled during the season and an exit seemed certain. The two yeah. sides returned and agreed to a deal. Didn't, would not have expected that. Certainly with the way it ended, uh, with him being suspended for a racial, a racist comment against Bobby Wood in the playoffs. I mean, it seemed like this was, this was over. Wow. Didn't think, didn't think I'd be seeing him again in a union kit. Wowzers trousers. Yeah. I mean, look, he's one of their all-time greatest players uh, unequivocally, but I had kind of in my own head, I had sort of moved on and assumed that that, that that was over. But I don't know if his, if the offers weren't there and this made the most sense for him as a, as a landing spot to just stay put. My guess is that could very well be it. Um, especially with why he's been in the news recently for that suspension. Maybe teams looked at him as damaged goods that they just didn't need to take a chance. on. I don't know. Uh, wow. Yeah. I mean, like Tom Bogert said there, I, everyone kind of expected this to, to have been over. That's interesting. That's me getting in there, Andrew, yeah. right oh, at the buzzer, right at the buzzer. Hey, wow. Good stuff. Hey, JJ to you. I say, check you later phone boy. I'll see you. Take care. You've been listening to the caught offside soccer podcast. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.